wife and I live over at Trinity Lutheran Seminary. We uh, sometimes affectionately refer to the summer months of July and August as moving season. You see, over at the seminary, uh, about two-thirds of the people who are there at any one time have either uh, just moved in, either from internship or from uh, starting a new call, and about two-thirds of the people leave every single year, some to go on internship, some to go off to their first call. And so every single summer when all of this transition is happening, there's not a day that goes by where there's not some U-Haul truck parked in a corner of the parking lot and people moving things in and out. And so each one of us who uh, live at the seminary and stay there in the apartments, every single summer, we all tend to end up with our fair share of moving boxes into the U-Haul trucks and out of the U-Haul trucks and down in the basements and up tight stairwells. And it's just something that happens each and every year. Now, my wife and I haven't gone anywhere in a couple years. We've uh, stayed there at the seminary, but we wanted to kind of fit in, so we moved anyway. You see, the seminary decided this year that all of the two-bedroom apartments, one of which my wife and I were living in, those would be rented out to the new students coming in. And so we had to find a new place to live. Uh, Fortunately for us, though, about 30 yards away, there was a three-bedroom apartment that was open. So we carted all of our stuff from our little two-bedroom apartment down the sidewalk to a new three-bedroom apartment. And I have to say that as I was preparing to preach this sermon this week, as I was reading through this lesson and this story, I got a little nervous. You see, this story talks about a guy who tears down his barns and builds slightly larger ones. And I'm wondering, I just went from a two-bedroom apartment to a three-bedroom apartment. It, It feels very similar. It made me a little worried. That, and there's the fact that whenever you move, and anyone who's done any moving knows this, There's nothing quite like moving to make you realize just how much stuff you have. It seems to come out of nowhere. The basement has eight times more stuff in it than you thought could ever fit in a room that size. And when you're moving all of these boxes, transferring it from one place to another, you almost can't help but wonder, where did all of this stuff come from? How did I end up with all of this junk? Now, some of it's nicer junk than others, but... It's still a little troubling, especially as I read through this lesson, where Jesus looks at this man, this man who seems, at least in my perspective, to be pretty reasonable. He's just a guy who decided he had a little bit too much stuff to fit in his barn, and so he built a larger barn. It's what we all seem to do at one point or another. We get larger houses, we add extensions onto the places we live, we get storage units once in a while. This is a pretty normal kind of thing. And yet this is the man that Jesus is holding up as a fool. That's kind of tough to hear. And I think if that's all this story is about, if this story is about the the difficulty of having possessions and about trying to have less and less and less, I think if that's all this is about, we're all probably in a lot of trouble. See, all of us live in a country where if you just have a place to sleep at night and the ability to move more than five miles away from where your home is, you're already richer than 90% of the world's population. We are a people who have some of the biggest barns out there. We have a lot of stuff. And I know, at least for me, it wouldn't be too hard to go down and look in that basement and find a whole bunch of things that I could do without. 
There's plenty of stuff down there and in attics and in closets tucked away that I know I don't need that could be better used by giving it away to someone else or simply by throwing it away. We could all probably live a little better with a little bit less stuff. But I'm not sure that that's what this parable that Jesus tells is really all about. Well, that's good to have less and to give things away and to talk about simplicity. I think Jesus is talking about something else today. You see, when Jesus tells this parable, he's doing it as a response to these two brothers who have stood up in the crowd and they ask him a question. You see, these two brothers are fighting over the family inheritance and they want Jesus to solve the problem for them. And when Jesus looks at these two brothers, he sees two people who have let money and possessions get in the way of their relationship. For these two people, the money has become more important than how they get along with one another. And while Jesus talks about money and about possessions and about giving things away a lot in the Bible, I think one of the things he's most consistent on is that for Jesus, the most important thing are people, relationships, and a relationship with God. And anything that gets in the way of those three things is something to be done away with. So as Jesus is telling this story, he's telling a story about a man who's building these larger barns. But if you listen and pay attention to that story, you'll see that when the man decides to build his larger barns, he doesn't consult with his family or with his neighbors. He doesn't take into account his workers or any of the people who had been around to help him gather all of that wealth. He thinks only about himself. And as he goes through this parable, actually the only person we ever hear about is that one man. There's no relationship with God, with anyone else around. And so it's a parable, it's a story about a person who has so many things that they've sucked away all the other relationships in his life. Jesus holds that person up as a fool. Because while having these things, having money, having possessions, aren't inherently bad, anything that gets in the way of our relationship with God of our relationship with the people around us, with our families, with our friends, with those we work with, anything that gets in the way is something to be done away with. There's a quote I really love, and it's attributed to St. Augustine. And he said this, very simply. He said, God gives us people to love and things to use. And St. Augustine says that sin is when we get those two mixed up. God gives us people to love and things to use. It's a very simple statement, this idea that someone's humanity is worth more than what they have in the bank. And it seems like such a simple thing when you see it on the surface like that when Jesus talks about it. But I think the reality of the situation is we all live in a world that rarely values a person over the things the person produces, or over the money that they make. You see, all of us live in a world where corporations treat their workers as some kind of raw material and resource that they're to use and to use up and spit out and continue working with. We live in a world where people too often put more value on the cup of coffee that they get from Starbucks than on the person who made it for them. We live in a world where 
the kind of health care you get is almost entirely dependent on whether or not you have insurance and how good your insurance is. And we live in a world where we're constantly shouted at day after day and told again and again and again that the things that will make us happy, that the things that will fulfill us, that the things are good for us in our lives are things that can be bought for $19.95 that show up on our television. We're told this again and again and again. We're in this world that constantly is valuing money and things and possessions over people and over relationships. And yet at the same time and in the same place, we're gathered here. We're gathered here in this building, in this place where at least we try, and we don't get it right all the time, but we try and change some of that. When we gather here, we try and value people because they're people, because they're children of God. We don't put values on how much someone makes. We try and not put a value on how productive someone can be. But all of us gathered in this place, gathered around this table, are nothing more and nothing less than children of God. When we gather together in this place, we try and put people first. We try and remember that God calls us to love people and to use possessions. This is our call as Christians, and this is what I hear Jesus calling us to do today. To go out into this world as backwards and as messed up as it can be, and to go out into our lives loving people and using the possessions and money that we've been given. We're called to go out into this world and to know that the person parking our car is more valuable than our car, to know that the people working for us and the people we work for are people first and not simply the sum of their productivity or what they can do for us. We're called to go out and live in a way that shows the whole world that there's something more to be had than money, than possessions, than the newest gadget that comes out. This is what we're called to do, and this is what Jesus is telling us to do today, to go out into the world and to live placing people first. Now, we're not always going to get that right. I have a basement full of junk that can prove that we haven't got it right, and I haven't got it right in the past. And you probably have basements and attics with all of this stuff that you don't need or even know why you have anymore. But, but sometimes we will get it right. Sometimes we are able to go out and to make those relationships and those people in our lives the most important thing for us and for God. Sometimes we can go out and be for others a mirror image of who God is for us. We can be someone who values the person over any treasure and any riches. Because God has come to us as Jesus Christ in this world. God has shown us that we are more valuable than anything on this earth, any treasures, any sacrifice. God cares for us more than anything else. So as we go out today, as we struggle and as we try and live the way God has called us to, placing people first, placing relationships ahead of everything else in our lives, as we go and do that, we get to become a part of something truly amazing. Because when we get it right, we catch a small glimpse of what God is doing in the world. We catch a glimpse of what God has planned for the whole world. We catch a glimpse of the kingdom of God 
not in some place far away, but right here and right now in the midst of our lives, in the midst of the people we love and care for, in the midst of our families, we can see the kingdom of God. That's the wonderful privilege and call of being a Christian is to be a part of what God is doing right now. And the best part is it doesn't even matter if your basement is full of junk. Amen. Amen.